Hello, welcome to the Overflow Podcast. Um, really happy to have some fun people with me today. Hey, Pastor Ryan. Sally, I would like to say hey. I cannot. Oh Hi, Shelly. We will. We will. We will. We will. We love it. Bring it back. I'm wow. so excited I could do that. You were waiting for that. Yep. Yeah. I'm waiting for that it. That makes me so happy. Um, Pastor Logan, nobody can see us. Maybe we'll post so. a picture of this. Maybe. Uh, we're totally matching. Today. We are. Twins. We did not. We did not text each other about this. Uh, this has happened. It ran. It's. It's great. We both. We're. We're. We're killing awesome. it. It's we're killing it today. Yeah. We made this happen. Mm, yeah. So thankful. We're killing it. Yeah. Um, guys, welcome um, to the Overflow. We're so happy to have you. And we are. Um, my goodness, what a sermon this past Sunday! Thank you so much, Ryan. Solid. Um, Solid. My goodness, it was just so good. And we're going to talk a lot about it today. Before we do, I do want to go into story time. Actually, fun little. Tidbit, I had somebody stop me um, this past week and say that they are loving story time, that it's something that they feel like encourages them and um, just like hearing all the different stories, the, the ways that we see God moving and it makes them look out for God. So that's pretty cool. Um, so anybody want to open us for story time? Oh my gosh, don't all jump in at oh, once. okay. I thought you said you had one. <laughs> I do have one, but okay. I'll go, I can go last. My anybody else to talk. I story talk is as follows. Oh um, this is not spiritual at all, okay. but it did give me a moment of rest with my lady. That's spiritual. Are you about to steal my story? Oh, is this story? your story? Yeah, that's what she said. We have the same story? <laughs> wow. What I would wild. like to do for my story <laughs> is pass it over to Shelly so she could share. <laughs> Shelly? All right, go ahead. Uh, Ryan and I were blessed with some tickets to the Masters oh on Saturday. Gosh. A dear friend who shall remain nameless on this podcast so that you don't bombard him for yeah. tickets. I already smart, have. Smart. I already have. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, he blessed us with tickets on Saturday. We went to go see the women's uh, amateur and this was our first time in Augusta National. And if you know anything about golf or the it's Masters, the I don't. Of the world. this is an event <laughs> and lots of prestige, lots of wonder and beauty. And so we had never been, obviously, um, really a bucket list kind of thing. And Aww. we loved every second. So that is so awesome. It was just stunning and beautiful and Egg salad sandwiches were on point. Oh my god! They're famous for that. Uh-huh. And it, I like <laughs> the barbecue. No. Oh, we had a little bit of everything. We had a barbecue sandwich. We had a chicken salad sandwich. We had an egg salad sandwich. And we had like a pimento cheese and sandwich. Like, we had a I'm masters say, it's like a dollar fifty, two dollars. Yeah, cheap. they're a dollar fifty each. Um, these are just little secrets of the masters. You should go follow the masters on Instagram. You get a lot of inside ah. information. Um, but anyway, the masters starts. The official men's version of the tournament starts on Thursday, and I'm pumped. I am too. Yeah. If you're a sports now, enthusiast, yeah. like you, you yeah. get the thrill of oh. what I'm talking about. Right? See, here's the beauty this of feeling. this. Uh, yeah. Now, Shelly, you you do watch the Masters because uh, yeah. like, if it's on. Yeah. But strategically, I bribed this person to give us these tickets because I knew I said it's a joke. Uh, I knew that if you go, then you'll really be into it. Oh yeah, no, I'm. <laughs> and now we have trying to, to figure it. out now how to go fan. again. <laughs> yeah. No, I've always been a golf fan. My dad watched golf. I grew mm. up watching golf. Um, he played golf, and Ryan and I golfed a lot the first couple years. Of we should marriage. go. We should all go. Before, I had my closest to a hole in one, and she was reading a yeah, book and missed Sally. Yeah. Just come hang. I also watched. Just ride in the cart. That's fine. You just ride in the cart. I think it's just me and you. Right now, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're what you didn't hear was I saw Ryan <laughs> break a golf club before. Yeah. Um, but anyway, out of anger, so uh, it was on our honeymoon. I love it. I love 
Okay, I had a lot of built up frustrations. <laughs> and I remember it was on a whole, it was the course was called the Sanctuary. And where was this? In um, this was this oh, okay. was Beaufort. 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 Yeah, Beaufort. And uh, I remember I was hitting them perfectly all day, as sure. I normally do. Of course. And rip then it, rip it, the yeah. one time, no, I hit it into the, it was a marsh. And I was so frustrated that I snapped a $30 club over my leg. Yeah. And I felt such like a... Well, like, at least it was only a $30 club. <laughs> the most like a man I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. And she yelled at me. Yeah, as I should have. I probably would have. Look, too. that's the thing. That's the thing about uh, golf. Is golf yeah, does what? that to people. Golf will bring out the, the worst. Iron. You dang right yes. they are. Yeah, no, no this was, was not. If it was a thirty dollars club, <laughs> yeah, that thing no, was basically this, plastic. Uh, this was right. plastic. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was steel. All right. Anyway, that was my story. <laughs> oh, You're steel. welcome for that that little tidbit there at hey, the listen, end. I I'm not trying to get cheesy, but it is spiritual. Rest, getting away, spending time with each other. It is. There's no separate. And the Lord gives you gifts like that, and yeah. you soak it up, and it's awesome. You well, come back refreshed too, which you yes. can tell that. Yeah. You know? And to make it spiritual, we sat basically at Amen Corner the yeah. entire time. Mm. So, Amen. I don't listen. I don't know what that means. It's, 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 it's just it's all you need to know course. is it's just legendary. That's it. That's all you need to know. It's legendary. It's beautiful. So it's, it's gorgeous. Three holes around a corner, and there's a beautiful bridge, mm-hmm. and the Azale- they're Holy famous bridge. for the azaleas blooming. Oh, and y'all, oh, I would I, like to y'all see are, that. Y'all are yeah, that's pretty right cool. Now. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I gotta sorry. go. I gotta go. Like ten years ago as a kid, <laughs> and it was. Be- and I remember it. But like when he told me that y'all were going this week, I was like, Yeah, I hate you so much Dude, right now. Like I'm so jealous. You guys are painting a beautiful picture. Yes, a babbling brook. Anyway, anyway, let's thank you for that. The amount of minutes that I have spent talking about the masters to people this week <laughs> stacks up. It's crazy. <laughs> and we tried to, we said that it's the Disney world of golf. The yeah, way they true. have everything oh. so it's it's so tight and it's perfect. Thi- I think that's why you like it so much. Yeah. I mean everything I mean everything is, is clean and perfect. It's, it's the Chick-fil-A of golf. Yeah. Wow. If you know what I'm talking Publix. about. Wow. The Publix of golf. Yeah. What the difference is it is open on Sundays. Yeah. That's oh. true. They have the ma- the major one on Sunday. Right, right. But yeah, anyway, it's just, everything is just literally perfect. You walk oh, in. Like a, the gra- like, a story, like a story. I don't know. Gra- I'm like, how do you get oh the grass God. like it's that? Like carpet. It's literally like carpet. True story. Unbelievable. I still think this, and we got to stop this, but. Uh, <laughs> no, I, we should talk about no, this the whole time. I, I love like it. The imagery. I, I'm just glad you're not talking about golf. Then I'd really be asleep. Uh, someone <laughs> told us while we were standing there, like we you, you kind of walk through this beautiful gate with people and mm-hmm. the smell of barbecue in the air. Anyway, then you walk onto what I thought was AstroTurf. And a guy said, this is AstroTurf. But what was amazing is it, it really did look like it, but you could not tell where the AstroTurf stopped mm-hmm. and the actual grass green started. started. So if yeah. you know, you know what I'm talking about AstroTurf, mm-hmm. it's clearly that green. Yeah. But you couldn't tell. There was no, not even the length, the color, nothing was different. But this was a total stranger that came, like, we're just standing there waiting for Ryan's brother. And this total stranger's like, look at this grass. Like, you can't tell where Uh the AstroTurf starts. And like, that's how it is. Like, everybody's just- It sounds like you guys met my dad. Admiring. Sounds like my dad was there. First off, (laughs) there are no strangers at the Masters. Uh We are all patrons. And you're all patrons. That's right. And I did taste the grass Uh in multiple locations. Probably good, wasn't it? (laughs) Tasted like Lucky Charms. I bet it did. All right. Uh Uh-huh. We have lost our listeners. You're probably a better golfer now for it. (laughs) I I bet. I bet you are. I've ingested the grass. Okay. Well, great story time. Thank that you. was wonderful. Um, I'll share a story. 
Get it. I, I don't know how it will ever yeah. compare Please to top the grass, that. <laughs> to the grass eating story of the masters. Um, I also stole some, stole some bunker sand, but mm, I would not have said mean? that publicly. I'm just kidding. They're gonna come oh after you gosh. now. Okay. Um, so I do have I do have a story. Um, this is just something that has encouraged my faith because we've I think even kind of talked about it on the podcast. Just um, and then last week Alex had shared some stories of some things that had happened at his parents' church during um, just one of their like uh, worship outreach type of weekends. Um, and some of the stories that he shared really inspired me to just be like on the lookout for God. Just like how is God moving? And I want to listen to His voice, and I want to like know when I'm being nudged or moved to do something or whatever. And so, on the heels of that, um, I had another conversation um, with a girl, and she was just talking about just sharing some things from her life. Um, her name is Minda. We love her. Um, just sharing some things, um, just about how she's seen God move in her life, and she just lives in such an expectant way to hear from God or to. Um, see God doing things in her life. Uh, again, when I left that conversation, I said out loud to her, man, like, you make me just want to be on the lookout for what God is doing. And so um, just a small itty bitty thing that happened, but it, Minda's, what Minda has experienced encouraged my faith. And I hope this small little experience will encourage somebody else in something, even if it's super small and seemingly insignificant. It's really not. It's significant. So um, after that conversation with Minda, that day I went home to get ready um, to have people over for dinner. And while I was kind of getting things cleaned up around the house, I had these paintings in our room or in our house. We have two of these paintings. Um, I think nothing of them ever. Like they're just those things. It's like we all have these things in our house. You walk past it every single day. You never, ever think about it. I'm in the dining room and something stops me. And it's like, basically like you're going to talk about these paintings tonight. And I was like, okay, like, <laughs> And I literally just moved right along, but it was such a strong, like, thing. And so, honestly, I even prepared, like, what to say about these pictures because I was like, okay, if I'm going to talk about it, I'm like, okay, these two things. I I literally said, like, that's the power of Etsy. Um, like, I got them on Etsy, but they're from Poland, and I love that it can connect you to, like, different countries. So these paintings are, like, from Poland, from an artist there, whatever. So, like, I prepared this whole thing just as though it was on my brain. And... I'm not kidding you when I say that this couple walked in. It's about three hours later. They walk in, and um, we had spent time with them before, and I knew that the husband was very quiet, and um, he's just a quiet guy. And so um, to my shock and dismay, the very first thing that comes out of his mouth when he walks right into our door is, I love these bird paintings. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm prepared for this. It's like, and even his wife was taken, she turned around and looked at him like she was in shock. And she was like, I would not have pegged you as a bird guy, like, because they're about <laughs> birds or whatever. And so she was, it, it was a whole thing. And I clung to that the entire night, just like mm. this little secret thing that I had, like, oh my gosh, what a sweet moment. And the thing was, it had nothing to do with the with the pictures. It's not that we had some deep spiritual conversation and somebody got saved or like somebody, you know, repented. Like it's not, it's not about that. It's not about the conversation. It is about tuning to tuning your ear to the voice of God and actually saying like, and here, here's what's kind of cool. And I, I even was thinking of this last night. It, that wasn't even necessarily a prayer. I said to my friend, Hey, I, you inspire my faith. I want to be on the lookout for God. And that moment, the fact that that would happen just a few hours later um, was like, hey, 
I am here. I am personal. I was in that conversation. I heard you say that. I do want you to tune your voice or tune your ear to my voice. I want to speak to you. And so it, it wasn't about that, but I think that we build on those moments and say, okay, I am learning to trust that these little nudges. And so hopefully it leads to a place like that where I, I can kind of tune into that and be like, oh, this is the moment that somebody needs encouragement or just be here for this person or be quiet at, at yeah. this moment, you know, just like listening. And so um, it was so small and seemingly insignificant. And so then after afterwards, I was just sitting in the living room and Brandon came in. He was like, you good? And I was like, yes, I have to tell you what happened. Because uh, I just kind of held on to it all night, and we just kind of like rejoiced over it. It was the coolest thing. He was just like, "That is so." He said, "Babe, that's awesome." And so it's just like, um, I, I don't know. I just felt like the Lord was close and near, and it was a victory. Um, it really was. And birds are tight. And birds. Are we have tight. a hawk that flies around. Uh huh. It's I don't something about a hawk, man. <laughs> It, it, when Brandon listens to this, he's going to be like amening that. Mm. I, I mean, if we see a hawk, he is That's like, awesome. Locked abs- in. Yeah. Oh, a hawk. Hawks yeah. are dope. Okay. Bro, th- it's a yeah. little bit creepy because we watch him like perch on this branch and he just stares. Yeah. He is hunting. And I'm Dude. like, how small does Duda look to like, They're think- so powerful. And they're like, some of the hawks aren't like gigantic. Like, no, some yeah. of them are big, but some of them are like just. Decent size, uh-huh. that's it. But like, here's what it is: they're hawks carry themselves with the presence of confidence, uh-huh. and that sounds weird uh-huh. to say. But if you see them, there's a sermon like, illustration in there somewhere. Well, yeah, I mean, they're yeah. just like, yeah, I'm a freaking hawk, and I can do what I want. <laughs> exactly. Can I say that? You just did. Yeah, yeah. I've had a lot of coffee. <laughs> All Good. right. Let's so me and Denise that. are in one oh of the God. um one of the rooms down <laughs> in the growth group where the windows are. Yeah. And a hawk came on the fence where the playground is down there, and yeah. he just sat there. I think oh. he was trying to get in the little kudzu valley. Kudzu mm. Valley. That or he was All waiting right. for some of the little small kids out there. One of them, yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll hope that it, it your was story just... about birds was great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Also, Thank hawks so are tight. I've okay. heard it three times. Yeah. I was like, I, anybody who's been close to me has heard this for the last, you know, since that dinner. It gets happened. better yeah. every time. Liam would probably so. tell you those birds aren't real. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> what, hawks? No. We got to channel Those this birds. chaotic energy into something productive. Let's yeah. talk about Jesus. <laughs> That's down. the best do thing it. to do. do it. Um, okay, Ryan, great sermon on Sunday. We loved it. Um, it. Yeah, it was so good. Um, we wrap up at the whole point about Brabus, but I want to say I learned so much. Um, I even I said that when you guys got in here. And so in the interest of transparency, I probably, I probably should have known some of the stuff I learned already. But look at that. Like, I just felt like I learned so much about the history in the context, um, what actually should have happened and what the trials did look like. And I mean, it was just such a crazy thing. So I'd love for you to kind of take us through that again, just um, so that we have a good foundation of understanding um, what got us to the point of Barabbas. And then ultimately, you know, We'll talk about the crucifixion. So we were in John, but you, like we talked about this whole series, you really have to look at all four of the Gospels right. because John doesn't even talk about Herod, and if he does, it's very, very brief. And so to really get the full um, story of Jesus's trial, you really got to piece it all together. Mm-hmm. But let me let me even start back a little bit before that because I think it's it's so interesting to know the timeline that we're talking about yeah. through the whole week. So we know that in. Jesus came in on Palm Sunday, mm-hmm. right, running on the donkey where everybody shouted Hosanna, mm-hmm. uh, meaning basically the Savior, the Savior has come. Then the we kind of, Monday through Wednesday, mm-hmm. 
Jesus went back and forth and traveled, but there wasn't much in the Bible that shows us or talks about what he did. Mm-hmm. It really fast forwards all the way to Thursday night where it was the Lord's Supper, um, yeah. where they took communion for the very first time. And that's where we also see Jesus washing his feet and he calls out Judas saying, you're the one that's going to betray me. And then Judas was really sent out by Jesus um, that same night on Thursday night. Then after that, we see they all the disciples walk to the garden where Jesus prays, deliver this cup for me or deliver mm-hmm. me from this the wrath of God. Uh, then Judas really comes and arrests Jesus. And so this is late Thursday night, even into Friday morning, like midnight, one, two, three o'clock yeah. in the morning where he's actually arrested. And uh, what the crazy thing is from Thursday night where they have supper to Friday morning, I don't know the exact time. I'm sure we can look it up and find it. But all of that, this whole thing that we're about to talk about happens. Mm-hmm. So let's let's just call it six to eight hours. Yeah. Everything happens. And then yeah. he's led to the cross where he carries a cross and is crucified mm-hmm. um, on the cross. So, Zero to 100 real quick. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it yes. went from a pray in the garden, arrest to flogged and mm-hmm. crucified within within 12 hours, yeah. you know? And so uh, that's what's interesting. So let's yeah, just, let's sure. go, let's slow down here because we did focus on the trials mm-hmm. um, on Sunday. So that's what most of this is going to be talked about. So Jesus is in the garden, gets arrested, um, and then he is immediately led to this place called, guy called Annas, and he was mm-hmm. the high priest of the previous year. So he wasn't currently sitting in that seat. Now, the high priest is the, is the one that's basically in charge of, I say the Jewish religion, but he's the he's the highest of the high. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the, to compare it to ours, it'd basically be the president, right? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, of yeah. this. Now they still have yeah. a court called the Sanhedrin, but he is the highest ranking Jewish religious leader yeah. at the moment. That's what a high priest is. So just like we see in our government, mm-hmm. if you're been in the presidency, you still have a voice. Mm-hmm. You still are called upon. You still talk. You still have FaceTime. Mm-hmm. So they took him to the previous high priest, Annas, who's actually Caiaphas's father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Go figure that one. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, and, and that's where we kind of picked up in, we don't have much. That's in John 18 where I, where we were talking about that. And really all they say, and this is John 18 verse 13, first they led him to Annas for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, mm-hmm. who was a high priest last year. Oh, uh, Caiaphas was probably that year. Annas was there. Caiaphas was the one who advised the Jews that he was uh, advantageous, that the man should die for the people. So we don't even see what was talked about. All yeah. we know is that in the other gospels we read that he was Jesus was basically questioned at that moment about his teachings and about his disciples. Mm-hmm. And that's where we read where on Friday, I mean on Sunday, where Jesus was basically like, I I everything I've taught was in public. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to hide. You know, everything I said was in the synagogues, was in front of everybody, basically saying like, why are you charging with me, charging this with me now yeah. when I've been doing this for the past three years? Yeah. And that's where we kind of, we relate it to the gospel. You got something? Um, so I have notes in my Bible penciled in, I guess when we have studied this before, that that, what you just mentioned, John 18, when he goes to Annas, that is the beginning of the trials. That's trial number one. Yes. And there are six total trials. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we're we're gonna get to most of those. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that that's what I meant. So he was before, really five other people, five yeah. people because Pilate twice, and this was the first one. Yeah. But I, and that's what I I wonder why. Like, mm-hmm. what was the reason to go to him first? And we don't find that reason. Well, I, even when I just think about it, it's it's just that to me, it's that slimy feeling of like just a backdoor. Okay, you're you know you're the father in law of the high priest. It's it's kind of what we 
do as humans anyway. Sometimes when it's like, oh, let me let me go around this avenue because yeah. I'm not going to go yeah. straight to you. He may not listen to me. He may not care. Um, but let me get in the ear of somebody who can get in his ear. Yeah. You know? well, and I also think too, because he was like the former high priest yeah. too. Like if they take him to Caiaphas, who was the current high priest or whatever, and Annas has already said, hey, like, yeah, I don't, this is, you probably need to do something with this. Mm-hmm. Obviously he's going to take that on a rec- mm-hmm. recommendation. And I think in general, it would look better being like, hey, like, we know as the high, former high priest, there's not any technical current power, I guess, mm-hmm. but he did recommend that we should do this as well. So, like, it's a good recommendation, a good starting point. Yeah. I almost think about it as, like, I don't know, I thought about it as, like, a Supreme Court justice, right, mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, a retired justice gives an opinion mm-hmm. on something. Yeah, I mean, that's not going to be, like, legitimately legal, but, like, that opinion still influences what the other justices would it probably say, too. And so that's, yeah. I think that's probably a lot of it as well. It definitely carries more weight, I feel yeah. like. And because it's a, fa- it, he's already led. He's older. Yeah. He's older right. and he's his father-in-law. Like, they're right. going to be like, let's get to Caiaphas through Annas. Right. Annas through Caiaphas. An- oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah, right. Let's yeah, get yeah, to yeah, Caiaphas yeah. first. Well, so listen through to this. Annas, yeah. So again, this is, this is John 18, 19. And it, all it says is the high priest talking about Annas questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. We don't know what the question was, just that. Then this is where Jesus responds with, I have spoken openly to the world. I've always taught in a synagogue. Then in verse 21, Jesus says, why do you question me? Question those who heard what I told them. They know what I said. And this is the first time when Jesus heard these things or when he said these things, one of the temple police standing by slapped Jesus. Yeah, That's yeah. the first time he was hit. Yeah. And he, they said, is this the way you answer the high priest? And Jesus says, savage, bro. And all those, uh-huh. I keep saying savage. If I've spoken wrongly, yeah. Jesus said, then That's give special. me evidence about the wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if rightly, why did you hit me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, seriously. I loved that you pointed that out. First of all, going back to where he says, I have spoken openly to the world. And that was, this is another this is another piece of evidence that he's done nothing wrong because they thought he was trying to create this uprising, you know, against the Roman government, all sorts of, there's nothing he's done in secret. Everything that he's been, that he's done has been public. And I guess I don't want to jump ahead, but that's where he even says that he's like, go talk to them, go talk, go ask them what I said. They'll be able to tell you everything that I've said. There's nothing hidden from you. And my message is consistent. Yes. All across the board. It's consistent. Absolutely. And what's crazy about this is all this is happening. All this is actually illegal as it's happening. Like the way that, because even like specifically for Annis, like what he does by almost having his trial in his house. Okay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Illegal. Secondly, basically (laughs) trying to induce self-accusations. So basically Mm -hmm. having Jesus trying to admit his wrongdoing. Yeah he can't do that. He's leading him in that way. And then even when they hit him, like they can't do that either yeah. because he hasn't been convicted of anything. Yeah. And so yeah. like right there, even before he goes to Caiaphas, three things have already happened that legally should not have happened yeah. in a religious trial. Uh, not, to, I, mean, I don't know. You can't not trying to again, over spiritualize, but how we do that too. You see, they have this quote unquote system. Cause then they're going to mm-hmm. go to Pilate, and Pilate's going to be like, well, or they're, they're going to say, well, we're Jewish, so we can't put him to death. So they're still trying to follow some pseudo law while still just breaking all the other laws. Yeah. Like, right. it's just a funny, it's the whole thing obviously points to the condition of the human heart that yeah. is just so deceitful. Like, oh, I think right. I'm doing the right thing. No, you're not. You've already broken three laws. We, we just got started. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, so, yeah, I just think that's kind of funny. Well, and, and then with all this happening, this is also in the middle of this where Peter is denying Jesus. So he's. Yeah. this is what John tells us, yeah. at least if this is chronologically written, then the first time he goes to Annas, then Peter denies Jesus, then before Annas, then Jesus, uh, Peter denies Jesus twice. So all of this is all happening. Just trying to get the timeline. Right. Like, this is all happening simultaneously. Yeah. Um, then we jump 
what happens is basically after he hit them and Jesus is like, but if I'm right, why'd you hit me? Mm-hmm. It, it, and then Anna sends him to bound to Caiaphas, the the reigning high priest. And I think we see, like you mentioned, seven, six different trials, mm-hmm. five different people. There's a reason for that, that this might not be it, but I think there's a specific mm-hmm. reason, but it's almost too like, no one knows what to say. Like Jesus yes. keeps coming back with things like this. Yeah. And instead of responding like a normal criminal should, he's basically like, yeah. Did I do anything? Uh-huh. Right. And so everybody's like, well, send him here. Maybe this guy will say he did something. <laughs> this guy Maybe this guy. Yeah. yeah, there's no one can convict him because obviously he's he's innocent. Yeah. But I mean, what, it's like it it likens to like whatever whenever they refer to I don't know if you can say this in like the same sentence, but like a witch hunt. Like it's just It is a witch li- hunt. I mean, that's literally yeah. But it has that been concept. for 3 years now. Yeah. That's what they've been doing this entire yeah. time through Jesus's ministry. And Jesus finally gets to a point that we know where he has to stand silently because if he says anything else, mm-hmm. he'll probably be set free. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I I, I got to do this. So. I've never thought about that. Uh, yeah, I haven't either. Well, that it, and we'll he just get there. has to he just has to be quiet because yeah, uh, truth he is truth. Right. And so, yeah, I, oh my gosh, wow. Which what? is probably why, why he, every time he's asked a question, he, you know, like he speaks in parables a lot of time yeah. or in hyperbole. And here he's like, I don't know. Did, didn't you say I was the king? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, didn't you say I was yeah. king? That's what I was about to say. He never denies anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he just yes. rephrases it to say, you said that. Yeah. You're right. Which I love that this again, I think goes back to the human condition that we I can see, I, I don't want to put on everybody. I can see for myself, like sometimes I just want you to tell me exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. That way I don't have to have the blame. So all of this is everyone trying to make this happen, but escape the blame. Mm-hmm. And his, when he absorbs those questions and then kind of throws it back at them, like, no, you yeah. answer this question. Right. Stop, at, stop asking me. Mm-hmm. It really places the blame back on them. And I think that's why we keep shifting blame that these yeah. six different trials. No, you say it. No, you, yeah. and yeah, it, right. you know, where we end up, I know we'll talk about it, but where Pilate's like, yeah, I'm going to wash my hands right. of this. Like, right. um, but nobody, nobody wants the blame, but there, and it's these ironies. You're accusing the blameless though. <laughs> like he doesn't right. get the blame. So. Well, and that's the thing because in, in all of this, this is like kind of the, in, in the way I kind of see it. Like, this is like the final proof to the world that Jesus is sinless. Mm-hmm. Like, because again, they run him through six different trials, mm-hmm. three religious, three criminal trials, yeah. pretty much. And like all of them, they try to get him. Like we talked about a minute ago, they try to get him. They never can. And eventually, obviously, like we mm-hmm. know how the story goes. He basically just says, all right, you know what? Like, I, you guys mm-hmm. do what you want. Right. And that's it. And right. like, there's nothing we can, there's, cause I'm not going to say he's guilty mm-hmm. because he's not guilty. Like, yeah. And so I think that's what's interesting about all of this. And I think about, like, because sometimes I, I question, like, why did all these things have to happen? Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't it make Like, why did why would Jesus not just get arrested and just put him on the cross? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. That to me it seems easier. But why put him through all this? And then I was thinking about it. And I think it's because of that. Like, it's just another piece of evidence to say, like, look, like, this is the perfect spotless mm-hmm. lamb. He is sinless. He is holy. He is without blame. Mm-hmm. And they put him through all these trials as much as we see it happen, how crazy it is, as illegal as it was, but we still see in all of that, no one is able to be like, yes, mm-hmm. he is legitimately guilty, right. and this is how we're going to punish him. It's also proof that this this whole thing actually occurred. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So they had to document some of this. Yeah. Right. They, they had to write it and know. Mm-hmm. Pilate can't condemn someone well, he didn't, but Pilate can't 
punish someone for this without documenting it. Mm-hmm. Correct. It's, you know, so it's proof that, yes, Jesus was real. He really mm-hmm. went through a trial. He was really beaten. Mm-hmm. It, it's more historical evidence of truth. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's jump back in this. So he he's before Annas now sent him bound to Caiaphas. We don't really even see what they talked about. All we know is he's yeah. now sent there. But what we do see is from Caiaphas, he's then put before the Sanhedrin. And what we know about the Sanhedrin is basically that was the religious... Um, court. Mm-hmm. It was made up of around 72 judges, this reads. Wow. So 72 people in, they had to have a unanimous um, verdict in order to condemn someone of guilty. Mm-hmm. So we know that the charge that the uh, religious leaders wanted was blasphemy. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that they could rightfully kill somebody mm-hmm. for, is blasphemy because it goes against God. Yeah, The Romans don't care about that. This is right. remember because right. there's two separate trials here right. too. Right. You got the religious, religious and you also got the the Roman government. So they had to all, now convince in front of the Sanhedrin, well, he's guilty of blasphemy. All right, let's now take him to the Romans because we can't kill him, but maybe mm-hmm. they will. Right. Wow. But then they brought a charge that never spoke about blasphemy because they don't care about that. Instead, it was he said he's a king. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now it's king and of the that, Jews. That was a law. That was a, a part of Roman law that you right. couldn't say that you were the king. Is no, that right? only yeah. Caesar. Yeah. And again, proof of historical evidence right. that this was real. Yeah. You, if you believe that Caesar's real, you believe that King Herod's real. Uh, Hello, yeah. here yeah. we are. <laughs> it's part of the story. And so sure. that's when he goes before Pilate the first time. This is where we spend a long uh, majority of our time mm-hmm. on Sunday because I love the dialogue. Pilate now mm-hmm. is being brought into this. He knows of Jesus because, again, over the three or four years of Jesus's ministry, the Pharisees and the high priests have just brought concerns mm-hmm. to Pilate. So he's probably at this point a little annoyed, but now he's in- intrigued, mm-hmm. right? Because so he's having this dialogue with Jesus and he's like, what? why are you so bad? Yeah. Like, what is it about yeah. you? You know, like, honestly, like, yeah. Yeah. what are they even talking about? What is yeah. it about you that they don't like? And so it says that he goes into the governor's quarters, which is Pilate. It was early in the morning. And it says that they did not, this is John 18, 28. They did not enter the headquarters themselves. Otherwise they would have been defiled and unable to eat Passover. That's just interesting that yeah. they're trying to keep their religious <laughs> rules in order while killing the Messiah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so then, they, Pilate comes out because he knows they can't come in. So what charge do you bring against this man? They answered him, if this man weren't a criminal, we wouldn't have handed him, handed him over to you. So Pilate says, then take him and judge him according to your law. That's when they say, we can't put anyone to death. Hmm. They said this is so that Jesus's words may be fulfilled, signifying what kind of death he was going to die. Then again, Pilate now summons Jesus in. They said, you committed a crime. What's your crime? Mm-hmm. And that's when he says, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answers with, are you asking this on your own or have others told you about me? Mm-hmm. Meaning Jesus never said this. The Pharisees basically told Pilate, ask him this question. Yeah. Because this is who he claims to be. Wow. Ask him this question because he knows that's the only way Rome could could charge him guilty. Two things I love about this in verse thir- back in verse 30. Um, if he were not a criminal, we would have we d- would not have handed him over to you. And again, it's this like... Um, shirking of responsibility, like mm-hmm. they're still not outright saying the exact things that they are accusing him of. It's all this veiled, well, if you weren't a criminal, we wouldn't have brought him. Like, just believe us. But mm-hmm. like, what are the charges? Like, can somebody say what these charges are right here? And so anyway, that's one of them. And then I love where it ends up that verse 34, um, the way that the NIV puts it is, mm-hmm. is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? 
And to me, that is a question for <laughs> like everyone right now. Like, mm. is this your own idea? Mm-hmm. Is this something that you've thought about me? And it goes back to that same question. Who do you say I am? Oh, yeah. Not what does everybody else say yeah. about me based on the truth of what you know? Who do you say I am? Mm-hmm. And we all have to. That's we good. all have to answer that question. That's good. Um, and I think a lot of us, you know, we talked about that. We were just even having like a little, you know, if you're plugged in at all to the world and what's happening, especially into like Christian things, there's this whole like deconstruction thing happening. And what I personally see is that people who are maybe just, maybe you are hurt. You've been hurt by people who have hurt you in the church or um, whatever it is. You're Then there will take place this deconstructing where People are also just, I think, looking for an excuse to not be in church or just say that God's not real then or this isn't this isn't reality or this isn't truth. And to me, like, I just feel like it has to be this question. Are, are you, who do you actually say Jesus is? Not did that person at that church hurt you? Because, yeah, they probably did. But at the same time, that's what people do. We're talking about Jesus, the one who does no wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. What do you say about him? And mm-hmm. I, I want to say that so lovingly to people who are in this deconstruction thing. Because look, I get it. Like we get church hurt. We understand people will fail you. They'll let you down. We're told that that's what's going to happen because people are people. Mm-hmm. When you're in, you can be in a deconstruction process, but it should be deconstructing the things. It should be okay, this hurt me, but this was because of a human, not mm-hmm. because of God. Right. Yeah. Should always you know what I mean? So yes, this that's is so not, and, and God will use it and God allowed it. Like that's the whole thing. God, God allowed this person to be in your life or he allowed this thing to happen to you. But deconstructing is not saying, then I'm deconstructing faith and I'm saying that everything is false. Deconstruction, mm-hmm. deconstruction should be, these are the things that have hurt me how have I viewed it? How could I view it differently? How mm-hmm. could God show me that he is using it for good, that's so good, that he is producing a good thing in my life? So that's kind of where I get to that question. This is a question for culture right now. Is that your own idea? Mm-hmm. Who do you say that I am? Like mm-hmm. your own mind, your own thoughts based on truth. Mm-hmm. Who do you say that I am? So I don't know if that was a little bit of a tangent, but that that question, is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? And influence your interpretation of me. Exactly. Because I don't care what they said about me. Mm -hmm. I want to know what you think about me based on truth. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Yeah. Well, so Jesus asked that and then Pilate replies with, I'm not a Jew. Like, I yeah. can't. That's am not I for a me Jew? Do- yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do I look like? I the don't. The sass is real <laughs> there. Oh, am I a Jew? That's all right. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. But then, yeah. then that's when Pilate says, I'm, he, he says, have others told you about me? I'm not a Jew, but your own nation and chief priest handed you over to me. So mm-hmm. then he asked the question, what have you done? Remember, Jesus hasn't done anything. So he doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. He just diverts the question. What have you done? Then Jesus says nothing about that. Yeah. And, yeah. Unless he, all he says is, my kingdom is not of this yeah. world. Like, oh, are you a king? I'm not a Jew. What have you done? My kingdom is not of this <laughs> world. If my, oh, and then it, okay. I, I couldn't share this on stage. It's just too much to talk about. Yeah. But just think about, I keep saying savage. Just think yeah. about Jesus in this moment, staring at the Roman governor who has the power to snap his fingers and have his head behead, yeah. like just have his head taken off. And he his says- Kappa was detated from his head. That, that right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But I then he says, Thank you. if my, look, saying this to this guy, the mo, one of the most powerful men before him in the world, yeah. if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over to you, like over to the Jews. Yeah. It's like, 
you don't even know. Yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. That's why I was like, you think you have power. Uh-huh. You so think many, you are uh-huh. in control. There's so many times where I read over these things of like Jesus' question put on trial, and I like, I feel a little irreverent, but I laugh like stuff like that, like because I'm like, they have no idea, uh-huh. no clue. But like to me, it's funny because obviously, like we know this story now, mm-hmm. we know how it all plays out, and I'm like, yo, some of this. Like it's, it's just in the way that mm-hmm. Jesus handles himself. I'm like, and I, he's not doing it to be funny, obviously, yeah. but like it does come across that a little bit because I'm like, dude, everyone else here is so mm-hmm. naive to what's happening, like mm-hmm. naive to the truth that is literally in front of them. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, so then Pilate says, so you are a king then. <laughs> like, and Jesus, again, you say that I'm a king. And then he says, I was born for this and I've come into the world for this to testify to the truth. Meaning, I've been saying this all along. Listen to the truth. And everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And then we read that Pilate says, what is truth? Mm-hmm. And Jesus never answers. Uh, so, I, meaning, like, I don't have to say it. You're looking at it. Yeah. Oh, okay. go, Shelly. So if I'm here, I got to read my study notes from my study Bible. Um, so when he says, when Pilate says, what is truth? This says, Pilate may have been jesting and meant what does truth matter? Or he may have been serious and meant it is not easy to find truth. What is it? Either way, it was clear to him that Jesus was no rebel. Mm -hmm. I find no Mm -hmm. basis for a charge against him. Exactly. Okay. Right. So from that moment, John jumps straight to the Barabbas story, but Mm -hmm. that's not we see in the other gospels that other things happen. So Pilate basically is like, I I find nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. So what does he do? He sends him to another Roman governor, Herod. Mm-hmm. Herod questions him. And what did you say? Like, he doesn't want anything political. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no, yeah. I don't Herod want to basically deal with just kind of doesn't want to deal with the, the politics behind it. And if he, you know, if he convicts Jesus, then he's got to deal with, yeah, like he's the one that did mm-hmm. it. And so I think he kind of also wants to just be like, you know what, like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want to deal with it. And so he sends him back ultimately to Pilate. Can I jump yeah. back for a second? For sure. I want to go back to that John 18, verse 36, when Jesus says that, when his response is, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now uh, but now my kingdom is from another place. And I, just, I think we just have to touch on like, that kingdom come, mm-hmm. like all throughout scripture, we get these glimpses of what the kingdom actually is. And so if we could apply that to our lives right now, it's not that we're physically trying to prevent the arrest of Jesus, but what is close to the heart of God and his kingdom and like, what's a principle we can pull from all of this. And I think, um, for me, I just, I took some notes earlier, but, um, that it would look like fighting for Jesus to be on the throne versus blaming him for things that are not his fault. Like mm-hmm. if I could simplify just that what's ha- this particular thing that's happening right now, that in our own personal lives, if we would be fighting for Jesus to be on the throne, because that's what they would have done if they had saw, if they had seen him in an accurate, in the accurate light that mm-hmm. he was, was the King. Mm-hmm. They would have fought for him. And so anyway, I'm not trying to, you know, just totally simplify the fact that this, I mean, all of these things had to happen, obviously. Um, But truthfully, to look at our lives, and as soon as he's not doing the thing that we think that he should be doing, that we betray him, and we're not fighting for him to be on the throne of our lives, and we're like, well, you didn't answer this prayer in the way that I thought that you were. You must not really be God. You must not really love me. And we start going against the things that we actually know are true, the miracles that we've seen, the way that we know he has pursued us, 
the salvation he has given us. Like we know these things to be true, but the second it's not lining up with what we think it should look like, we start to say like, are you real? Are you even, and we don't fight for him to keep his place on the throne of our lives. So I don't know if that was just a little um, addition in there that I thought, if we are, if we say that kingdom come, that will be done. He's literally telling us what his kingdom looks like. Mm-hmm. If this were, if this world were my kingdom, mm-hmm. they'd be fighting for me. Right. But it's not. And but it's, it's not. It's yeah. But another world and all the soldiers in the world could not sustain it or maintain it. Yeah. It's not physical might. It's mm. heavenly might. Exactly. And so then now we have the power of heaven mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit. And we say thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So it's it's not that we throw in the towel. Now we say, yeah, we fight with that spiritual power, mm-hmm. with the power of the Holy Spirit to say, like, you will be on the throne of my life, and I will not look at my circumstances. Mm-hmm. I will look at the king, mm-hmm. and I will fight for him to be on the throne of my life. And yeah. so, That's anyway, cool. a little tidbit. Thanks for that, Shelly. So, just to go back and forth with that. Let's, um, real quick, go on, c- continuing on. So he goes before Herod and back before Pilate, and then this is where— Really, Pilate puts him on the stage, and we read that he, during the Passover, it even says, "You have a this is Pilate talking, you have a custom that I release one prisoner to you at the Passover. So, do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? And they shouted back, not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a revolutionary. And so that's kind of where we made the point where, and Shelly, jump in here, because I know you have something on Barabbas, but Barabbas is a picture of all of us, mm-hmm. you know, and Pilate, now, I don't want this to be blasphemous, but Pilate is a picture of our Heavenly Father in a moment, and it's almost like I'm choosing to to crucify Jesus to let you go free. Because in this moment, Pilate does have a chance to let Jesus go, or he didn't have to he didn't have to send him to the cross, but he had to because that was the will of the Father. And Barabbas is let go, and that's that picture of that Jesus took all of our punishment and pain. Mm-hmm. We deserve it, just like Barabbas, a murderer, a thief one who causes controversy and chaos. He deserves to be locked in prison, probably even death. But he was spared Mm -hmm. because Jesus had to do that Mm -hmm. for everybody. And so we kind of try to paint that picture of we are Barabbas. Mm -hmm. We, that is what God did for us. And Jesus stood there silently when he had an opportunity to say everything, say the Mm -hmm. truth here. Here's the truth. I didn't do anything, Mm -hmm. but he kept silent so that Barabbas would be the one to go free and not Jesus. This is also, I'm not trying to go, I'm not, I'm correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not trying to go against scripture, but I'm, this is just a random thought that I had, but you talked about three or that there were six separate trials this with officials, correct? What do you mean? That that it was like three separate. I mean, I'm sorry. Three, you said three separate trials, like with religious leaders, and yes. then three. Yeah, so Annas, we Caiaphas, Sanhedrin, Pilate, Pil- Herod, Pilate. So, so I'm this asking, would be trial number six. Which one? This yes. what we're talking about here. Pilate called together the chief priests and rulers. You brought me this man as one who is inciting the people to rebellion. Neither they couldn't find anything to charge him with. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. With one voice, they cried out, away with this man, re- release Barabbas. So this is trial okay. number six. Okay, right. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, th- I scratched my whole point. I just wanted to make sure that I was on the right track. I'm pretty sure I well, wasn't on the right the, track. So. And the <laughs> time of this too is, so the first three with Annas, Caiaphas, and the Sanhedrin, that happened between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Pilate, Herod Pilate was between five and six. So well, we're I was basically almost, at like what I was speculating was so if there's like six total trials with um, like government officials or religious leaders, but then they come to this place where they're like, we don't know what to do. Let the people decide. 
Hmm. And they end up being the ones to say, like, crucify him. Does that technically count as like a, a seventh trial? trial? Oh, yeah. And because the, and it's, I, I mean, I don't know. I just like numbers. So would that technically be a seventh trial? And it's the number of completion. Like, oh. I don't know. What makes it confusing? Probably. Well, it just makes it confusing because there's so much traveling. There's right. so much right. things. Yeah. And what actually qualifies a trial? Right. Well, that's you know? what I was going to say. Yeah. It's like, I don't think like, the way we think of a trial, exactly. I don't think is what's happening here. Like when they're re- referring to a trial, they're really meaning he's appearing in front of different people with authority yeah. X amount of times. And so that's really what happens. Well, he's appearing a pick. You know, yeah. And even if you now. think about regular mm-hmm. trials, like they meet with lots of different people, lots of different times for lots of different right. things. So right. it's like, you don't really know how many times, but anyway, yeah. that was just a little part of my brain that thought I do like a, a, a number thing. I don't so think you're wrong. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm going with it. Yeah. Cause I mean, he, that is kind of what happens. Like at the very end, he, and I think that's like, you know, his last piece is like, all right, I'm going to let you guys decide. Well, and kind of like, even when I was reading through it last week, I, it, it really like the, um, not to be like crass about it or anything, but like the, this is the nail in the coffin. Like, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is the, this is the final yeah. time. Like it, there's no more back and forth after this. Mm-hmm. They've decided, they've said it, his fate is sealed. Yeah. And it's a little bit sobering, you know, like this is the moment that, solidifies everything. He's going to the cross. Yeah. And unless there is an act of anything, like something crazy, this is the plan and yeah. we're moving forward. And then, you know, you know, it's crazy. Know he does. So I think I, I want to read this, this I'm in Matthew 27. So this is the whole scene with Barabbas. Now I didn't even use scripture here mm-hmm. during the story. I tried to tell the story according to scripture, but yeah. I didn't use specific verses, but um, I'm in Matthew 27, 18. So just picture that scene. Pilate keeps saying, I don't find this man mm-hmm. guilty. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing he did, so he's going to give him a chance to be free. And then look at um, verse 19. This is Pilate. While he was sitting on the judgment seat. So he oh. was sitting on a seat, mm. right? And, th- and there's another, I think it was John. It kind of described this. It's a. It's a, just a, a stone bench. But anyway, while he's sitting on the judgment seat. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I was about to say, there's, yeah, I was about to right. say, there's uh, the thing about what's happening, some parallels there. He condemned Jesus to death mm-hmm. while sitting on the judgment seat. Mm-hmm. Remember what Jesus bled for mm-hmm. was that the full wrath and judgment yeah. of God was going to be poured out on him. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if that's connected to this or not, but that's just crazy words. Well, and then, well, hold yeah. on, because then it's remember, Pilate's wife, and this is in Matthew, has a dream. Yeah, basically saying this man has done nothing in my dream. Well, what was it? I've had distress in my dream because I've suffered, suffered a great deal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Today, I, I have nothing terribly. to. Oh, he, he, his wife, which we should all listen to our wives, says having <laughs> have nothing to do with that righteous man. She calls mm. Jesus a, a Roman. Let's keep in mind, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream, but he gave him to the chance, and that's when he kind of goes and washes his hands of of all this. And I want to jump real quick because when Jesus, I brought this out in John. Don't forget your Barabbas thing, Shelly, because this is all the same time. We're still talking about the whole Barabbas scene. But in John 19, when they say, let Barabbas go and crucify Jesus, um, where is it? I'm trying to find it. Mm-hmm. He went back and said, where are you from? Oh, yeah, yeah. So Pilate then goes back to Jesus and says, where are you from? He went back, and this is John 19, 9. He went back into the headquarters and asked Jesus, where are you from? This is where Jesus did not give him an answer. So Pilate said to him, you're not talking to me. Don't you know that I have the authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? And this is where Jesus, I brought this out. And Jesus said, 
You would have no authority over me at all if it haven't been given to you from above. Like, Again, sap like, like <laughs> this is the Roman dude. He's about to mm-hmm. to put him on a cross, and he says, "You don't get it. That's nuts. You're doing this because I allowed you to do this." Yeah, that is just crazy. Then, oh, sorry. Then jumping down, then Pilate, and then it says, from that moment, from when he heard that, Pilate made every effort to release him. Basically, mm-hmm. like, this dude, yeah. there's something about this mm-hmm. dude. And then no. the crowd goes, if you release this man, you're not Caesar's friend, putting it back on Pilate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, if you release him, Caesar's going to be mad because he made himself a king, and that means he opposes Caesar. So yeah. then it says, Pilate brought Finally. Jesus and sat him down on the judge's yeah. bench. Yeah. And, well, and, said, and in Matthew king. 27, it literally says Pilate washes his hands. Like mm-hmm. he says, Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere. A riot was starting instead. He took some water, washed his hands in front of the crowd and said, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. Mm-hmm. And all the people answered, his blood will be on us and our children. Our no children, yeah. And then God, they're like, bre- the, like the pride <laughs> in it. Come on. Like, man. yeah, go ahead. Like, put the blood on yeah. us and our children. Our children, so it's like That's a whole... Nuts. The, the pride in it is like what's so, and that, that's to me what is striking about this whole thing. When you talk about all of the different trials, mm-hmm. the fact they were so bloodthirsty, like at any, t- at any time, yeah. the flogging wasn't enough and any type of rep- like reprimanding or like any type of correction, nothing was ever enough. It was like, oh, well now the Jews have to go back to the, you know, yeah. they have to go back to um, the like government officials and then yeah. no back to the Jews. Like nothing was ever enough. And obviously we know it works together and this is just a part of God's plan, but um, it it's scary how bloodthirsty mm. they were and then to wrap it up with, yeah, okay, his blood is on us yeah. and our kids, but what do we care? Wow. So I have a question oh about that, gosh. but I also really want to hear what you were going to say about Barabbas. So, Shelly, give me your, I guess your Barabbas thing. So Barabbas in Aramaic means son of Abba. And so we know that Abba means mm-hmm. father. So son of the father is what that means. And I think it's Matthew that mm-hmm. says that Barabbas's full name is Jesus Barabbas, yeah. which really kind of sharpens a wordplay picture here for us. So here you have Jesus and Barabbas. One of them is going to be released. That's the Passover mm-hmm. custom that one prisoner is released. One is innocent. One is guilty, a notorious criminal, it says, Mm -hmm. um, incited for insurrection and murder. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was a criminal of criminals. Mm -hmm. And so what we see happen here is Jesus, who is son of God, the father, Mm -hmm. now takes the place of a criminal, a.k.a. you and I, Mm -hmm. the sinner, the notorious sinner, whose name is also son of the Mm -hmm. father. And who are we? We are sons and daughters of God, the father. Yes. So Jesus, son of God, the father takes the place of Barabbas, the criminal, and he lets, he lets him go Mm scot-free as if he had never sinned. And so that's what we see in, in Romans, you know, like while we were still sinners, Christ died Mm -hmm. for us while Barabbas, while we were still sinners, Jesus took our place. Yes. Mm. And you know, you painted this picture really great on Sunday where he just walks away and we don't know if Barabbas turns around and understands his gratitude Mm -hmm. for what just happens, but, uh, (laughs) that is you and I, our chains are gone. We are literally Mm -hmm. unbound from this captivity, this enslavement of sin. And we walk away scot-free. Yeah. Yeah. That's a coincidence though. has to be. Oh my God. (laughs) I cannot with you. I'm just saying like. Sarcasm is on point today. (laughs) I just, again, it just, man, it's evidence over and over and over. And I was listening to the the pastor that I mentioned in that, in that, on Sunday. And I loved how he was saying 
when he went down, Barabbas, you could just picture Barabbas like being greeted by the crowd. Mm-hmm. And we don't know this, but Barabbas, I can imagine being full of pride and like, mm-hmm. oh, they love me. They love me. And then he said like it was the Barabbas thought it was the people mm-hmm. who let him free. And it was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. It was the love of the father mm-hmm. who yeah. let you go free. The one and only. Yeah. The only one that can free you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. so good. So my question was, because we were talking about this a minute ago, right? You're talking about the people being super bloodthirsty, yeah. right? Is what do you think changed in the people, right? Because remember, a week ago, oh yeah, Jesus Hosanna. comes into town, Hosanna, Hosanna, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All this stuff, he's revealed, the Messiah has come, he's here, like, Hosanna, and then five days later, Chris, now they're yeah. like, you know what? The whole Hosanna thing? No, 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 no. Like, well, we read it. too, so... I think people got caught up in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they got caught up in the moment in the beginning, mm-hmm. and they also got caught up in the moment now. So they, it, it even says that it was the Pharisees and the religious leaders who those people trust and follow, mm-hmm. that those are the ones who started the crucify. And then so you can imagine if all those people that, that they're following and trust are now saying crucify, and they're like, yeah, yeah. They yeah, know dude. something then, we don't know. Yeah, yeah then the right. mob, yeah. then yeah, the, yeah. the mentality, the cancel Culture. The culture. I know. Talk about that. It's not new, but it was probably the, yeah. it was probably the same thing in the beginning. People started chanting Messiah mm-hmm. that might even know Scripture. They're right. like, "Wow, yeah, this looks exactly like it was told." So he's yeah. the Messiah. He's the Messiah. Then it starts building and building. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's just opinion. Yeah, it's just no, interesting because when good. I think about that, I'm like, "Man, what?" Because it doesn't. I guess maybe the Bible doesn't explicitly talk about like you know like during the time like mm-hmm. there's nothing that really seems off or crazy that then people would be like you know what like let's turn on this dude no i just i think it's i think it's that concept that he wasn't doing what they thought they would do because at the same time they're still under this harsh roman law right of everything and, and i they think still believe it, jesus is coming as a conqueror yes, and a, as a, a fighter a, and they not, believe yeah. him to be a king a, right. a, like a king of just saving this physical state of where they live. Like right. that's it. And it, yeah. but they've had so much more obviously to offer that it was not about this. It was about the yeah. spiritual, it was about souls. Mm. It was that whole thing. And so I, I think that's part of it. And then it did say, I can't, I literally, I've got all of the versions pulled out or like all the books and I can't <laughs> find where it is because they're all so different. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does say that, that the, that the leaders were in the crowd mm-hmm. encouraging them to choose Jesus to be the one to be, uh, right. you know, crucified. So, um, so yeah, I think it's, I think, it, and you know what, the, even the way that you said that Ryan, where it's like, Oh, now I totally forget what you said. You said it like five seconds ago, but I forgot. Um, but it, it just reminds me, <laughs> it reminds me of the world. And this is why we do have to be careful of what we oh, ingest. What, yeah, yeah. I mean, we mm-hmm. be careful what we believe. I, you would talk, Logan, I'll bring this up if, if it's okay. Just even the concept, I know there's like a, a documentary out about another church and like, do you, do you watch it? Do you not? And again, I'm not trying to put my, I'm not trying to project this onto anyone else, but my personal convictions are guard your heart against that stuff because the enemy will use it and he will make you think, yeah, everything that you're doing is, this isn't real. This isn't true. That what, that the church is useless. He uses that stuff against you where you're like, no, again, the actions of a person don't nullify truth. They don't take away Mm -hmm. God's faithfulness. People will be people and they will fail. You don't have to pour over all the ways that the church is going to fail. We've always known that. Look at these people right. who loved him and fought and seven days later crucified him. Right. We are always susceptible to that kind of mentality. We have to pour over what is true, mm-hmm. not what people have done, not you know how they've messed up and how they've misrepresented the name of God. This has happened for thousands of years. <laughs> like This is nothing new. What we have the power to do is to 
I, honestly, if you want to choose between watching a documentary about a church that has maybe failed in some ways or like had leadership that failed in some ways, I think you'd be better off spending about an hour and a half in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like that, I'm not trying to say that to be cheesy. I'm just saying this is what we know to be true. Yeah. Why would so, you sow a seed of doubt? Yeah. And, into yourself. Of, it's right. not even like it's not even about other people. Into yourself because the enemy will use that. Like, yeah, look at all this stuff that you do at your church. And is it fake? Is it blah, blah, blah? It's like, no, I know what I'm doing. And and because I pour over scripture, because I pour over truth, right. I know what the truth is. And I know what my I know what my assignment is in this life. Mm-hmm. I think when we get away from that is where we are just as susceptible to be like, yeah, this isn't real, you know, yeah, or like yeah, something yeah. like that. You get at least a step closer to it. And why play with fire like that? Like, what's the point when you know the truth? Can I go back real quick? Because this is this is all the way back to when Jesus is before the Sanhedrin. And this is um, John nineteen sixty six. 66. I just, uh, no, I'm sorry. This is Luke 22. Wrong one. <laughs> Luke 22, uh, 66. I don't know. Just listen to these words, you know, because they're trying to trap him. They're trying to question him. And this is in 67. The question they asked him is, if you are the Christ, tell us. Mm. But Jesus said to them, if I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask you, you will not answer. And it's just like, man, when he goes to Herod and says, I've come to testify to the truth. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, I could say it over and over, but your sin, you, your, you said blood, mm-hmm. your thirst for blood mm-hmm. has tainted you so much and blinded you that word. even if I stand here and say that I am Jesus, the Messiah, which I'm about to, by the way, mm-hmm. you still not would believe. He goes on to say in verse 69. So if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the son of man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus knows. He's like, here, let me just give you a little glimpse of what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. You're about to crucify me. And because of your sin in crucifying me, you have just fulfilled God's will. Mm-hmm. So even in God's sin, I mean, even in our sin. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Erase, 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 erase. Yeah. Wee woo, wee woo. Well timed. I was going to say good use of wee woo. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, wee woo that. Just, I just, just I think it. this is when we do Selah, this uh-huh. is going to be my thing. So just fast forward. Like, hey, let's go into it. Okay. So here it is. Even in our sin, God's will can still be accomplished. Mm-hmm. He That's literally good. says, You're about to kill me, mm-hmm. but. From now on, I'll be seated at the right hand of power of God because it is finished. Mm-hmm. It is done. I will be seated at the right hand of God because I don't, I don't, I'm, my work is accomplished. Mm-hmm. And so they say, Are you the son of God then? And he says to them, You say that I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what further testimony do we need? We've heard it from our lips. Be like, Yeah, you did. Yeah. You just heard mm-hmm. it. I'll be at the right hand of God. Yeah. Uh. Oh my gosh, that is so good. I love, I, I feel like I've been struck by that lately, not this like, grace to keep on sinning or whatever it is, but it is truly, it is still such a, Mm -hmm. to understand the bigness of God's grace that even in my, I think we were just talking about this last night. I think it's like Romans 3, 3, that our lack of faithfulness does not, or our lack of faithfulness does not nullify God's faithfulness. And um, here it is on the cross while we were still sinners, while Barabbas was still a murderer. And Mm. um, I mean, again, we don't see like a repentance, a turning or anything. There's nothing like that, Mm. even a gratefulness. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, look what was accomplished, you know, um, even still his faithfulness. He didn't say, as soon as Barabbas walked down without a thing, like, you didn't thank me? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Well, let me, because if anybody could have, turned the situation around and been like, 
boop, boop, boop. I don't have to be crucified anymore. Boop, boop. You know, like um, <laughs> if anybody could have done that, it's Jesus. So yeah. the fact that it, he just, I, I, I have a, like an actual mental picture, man. He's just walking proudly through and he, mm-hmm. Bravis thinks he's something. He's really done something here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so popular. Everybody loves him. Like, no, this no, is Jesus. because I allowed this. I think that's my Selah moment, mm-hmm. that Barabbas feeling, you know, knowing mm-hmm. that we are Barabbas and we are the criminal, the, you know, the one who should rightfully be punished. And yet we are able to walk around like Barabbas freed, you know, think yeah. of the litany of things in his past that should have kept him in jail forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think of the the things in our life that should keep us enslaved forever, mm-hmm. but we don't, we, we are freed. Our yeah. chains are gone and, and we get to walk around with that peace, that, mm-hmm. you know, lightness of spirit. Yes. <laughs> we're not, we're not criminals. We're not enemies with God mm-hmm. any longer. That's so good. So, I got to yeah. jump back on this because this whole seated thing is, I don't, I don't know, man. I just, sometimes I don't think we fully understand what, what that mm-hmm. word seated means in, and what you just said is true, but we also in our minds think that we still have to accomplish something, you mm-hmm. know? And when the real freedom comes in realizing Jesus already accomplished everything yeah, mm-hmm. that we need. I was, and I, y'all know this, I was a little late today because I was meeting with somebody mm-hmm. and it, we literally had a conversation just like this because he grew up in a church, church of God, where it was rules. And he even said, New River opened my eyes to what grace really means wow. because mine was all rules. And he was like, I would even go down to the altar because I felt like I had to, like, it was more of like, if I don't, then God will punish Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And then he came to grace and came to see grace. Mm -hmm. But, um, in all this, it was, there was still that thought of, I have to accomplish Mm -hmm. something, even in my personal life Mm -hmm. to, to be worth something. That's what it means that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, that all of your worth is found in Mm -hmm. his seat because his, it is done Mm -hmm. your sin, your, your identity, your purpose is now founded that mm-hmm. he is now at the right hand of God, seated. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That, That's so good. Yeah. To me, I get this picture. Uh, so he's seated and the work is finished. And so really our lives are, if I can say this right, it's about catching up to what Jesus has already done. It's like yeah. getting over ourselves in the ways yeah. that we feel like we're lacking. And, mm-hmm. but, and so there is this sanctification process, but that we can feel is burdensome, but that's where there has to be a check. Cause I even told Brandon this past week, it was like, there was just something I was just like, not taken to the Lord. And it was like, I'm just in like a, I don't know, not necessarily a rebellion. It was, he was like, why, why are you, why are you holding so tightly to this? And I was like, to me, it feels heavy and burdensome to take it to the Lord. And mm. he was like, that should be an indication that you're not resting in something mm. that God has already done. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, oh, but like absolutely. we will kind of take those things on. And so it it should be an indication, a check in you. If there is something, if, if, if being in the word feels burdensome, if coming to church feels burdensome, if being around people who will actually talk about uplifting things, those good conversations, if that feels heavy or burdensome, we might be viewing God in a way that's not accurate. Where do we go to view God accurately? The word. Like we have we kind of have to find those things. And so maybe that's maybe that's my encouragement um for today is like the work is finished. He is seated. And so there is a sanctification process, but honestly, that is for our benefit. It's not that we got to do this work to make Jesus or God right. pleased with us. It is a benefit for us to live free. Mm-hmm. Um to live free of accusation like that to become more like Jesus is to be able at the end of the day somebody's like yeah but i 
I, I really have nothing. I have nothing to throw at this person. That the enemy can't do that either. Like, look at mm-hmm. what you did. Look at the shame of this. Like, oh my gosh, how could you? Nope. That sanctification process yeah. becoming more like Jesus, which really means just free of accusation. Yeah. And what a, like you said, lighthearted, like peaceful, joyful way to live. When at the end of the day, we can set our head on our pillow and know, like, yeah. I'm free of accusation. There's nothing anybody can. You know, hold you, against you me. said that about God cherishing you. God cherishes you because you were alive because yeah. you're born. Yeah. You know? And uh, even Paul so says, we we make, we make think that God sometimes views us as enemies because of sin. But yeah. Paul, if you read it in Colossians, he didn't say once you were an enemy of God, is that you made yourself mm. an enemy. Or, or what, how does he, you know what I mean? It's like you perceive God, mm-hmm. not God perceives you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're an enemy of your mind. You know, yeah. anyway, you know what I'm Hostile saying? Of mine, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's not about, it's not the way God views you. It's the way... Fortunately, sin has mm-hmm. made you think God views you. Mm-hmm. And, that's and, I lo- and Robin always puts it so like um, succinct, just like concise, that your sin because of Jesus is no longer an issue between you and God. He's not mad at you. It's it's yeah. done. It is finished. It's not an issue between you and God anymore. Mm-hmm. It's done. So now it just is this sanctification process. But there, when you understand the grace of it, you don't walk with your head in shame over the ways that you've tripped or fallen or failed this week. You're like, oh, there's grace to try again. There's grace to get up and try to do better the next day. And it's, it is a more peaceful way to live. So mm-hmm. anyway, guys, thank you yeah. so much. Did you have a say lot moment? Logan? Yeah, I, I mean, want to cut you off. I, I think it's when I read through, you know, obviously the, the story of the crucifixion and all this stuff, I, I think I'm just constantly reminded of like, and even kind of, calling back a little bit to like the mob mentality thing we talked about a second ago. Like, I think it's so crazy how dangerous that is. Like of like, these people had truth literally, Mm -hmm. literally in the flesh in front of them yet still, still we're like, yeah, I don't see it. Yeah. I don't don't see it. I don't know, man. (laughs) I'm not sure about this guy. Right. And like, that's the hard thing for me because I'm like, I think it's so easy for us Christ followers, non Christ mm-hmm. followers, to know truth yeah. and see it right in front of our face, yet still choose mm-hmm. to be like, not it. Yeah. Uh, and like, and that's what happens in these. And it's interesting because I think about two, like, I think about in my head, and I looked this up the other day because I was curious, like, some of these major characters in, in you know, in this, that are not Jesus, obviously, in this mm-hmm. story Caiaphas, mm-hmm. Annas, Pilate, Herod. What happens to all of them after? Mm-hmm. Assuming, assuming, mm-hmm. I would assume they probably knew mm-hmm. three days later there were reports that Jesus was alive. Mm-hmm. One, <laughs> what's going through their heads? Yeah. Uh, excuse me? Two, did any of them at some point have that moment where they came back to being like, oh my gosh, we were we were mm-hmm. wrong. We I are all wrong. No. Like, no. you know, like, cause we don't, and we don't know. Like, well, they the tried to cause controversy. Right. Well, maybe right. someone stole the right. body right. or this right. or that, or right. one of us, the disciples. And it's tough. Cause like I was reading, cause like, like I said, I really wanted to know, especially about Pilate. Cause Pilate is such a big part of this. And, and again, I don't think this is a reference in the Bible, but it does say this, that a historian, uh, a, a bishop of Caesarea. Oh yeah. 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 Eusebius. Right. Mm-hmm. Basically says and records the fact that Pilate ultimately takes his own life. Um, mm-hmm. down the road. And so like part of me almost wonders like, do you think Pilate struggled down the road at some point feeling mm-hmm. guilty of like, oh my gosh, I know we 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 totally messed this mm-hmm. up. And like, I don't know. I just think of of those things of like truth was right there in their face, literally. And they chose to reject it and chose to be like, no, 
I don't want to see that. Or like, it makes, it would be, make me uncomfortable or I wouldn't know how to feel, or I would lose all my power. And I oftentimes question like how many times we do that ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like we know truth is right there in our face, but we're, we were like, no, because here's the thing that's going to make me uncomfortable or like, I'm going to lose power or I'm going to lose my own ability to say yes to myself. Cause I have to now say yes to everybody else or like put my own needs below other people's needs. And like, that makes me uncomfortable. So I don't know my, for me, it's almost like a challenge mm -hmm. of like, how often do we know truth and see it and yet choose to still reject it mm -hmm. because it makes us uncomfortable yeah. or it makes us feel like we're going to lose power. And ultimately like, Jesus does call us to mm -hmm. uncomfortability. Like mm -hmm. he does call us to that. He doesn't ever say like, hey, follow me and you're going to be in great power. Mm -hmm. Like he says, no, sell everything you have, mm -hmm. follow me and that's it. And mm -hmm. yeah, I don't, for me, that's kind of where I land on all of it because I'm like, it's crazy. That's Truth good. Right I think a lot of the things that you're talking about, it it, uh, it really comes down to faith, which is funny too. It's just um, to kind of wrap that up, like you can have all of these different um like when, like even when you said they, the rebuttal of like, well, maybe somebody stole the body, blah, blah. Like you're always going to have those moments mm -hmm. and opportunities to be like, yeah, well, what if, what if? And it really boils down to, I'm just going to believe what I believe, yeah. you know? Thank you guys for sharing the, all of this. I mean, this was such a, this was such a nice conversation. I love each of you. And this was, I don't know, it makes me want to like go sit by myself for like an hour yeah. and just contemplate oh. a lot of the stuff that we just talked about. It's really mm -hmm. powerful for me. Um, love talking about Jesus. Um, and I guess this Sunday we're going to be talking about his crucifixion. Is that we're right? picking up right from where we left off. So okay. yeah, now it's the cross, the whole events around the cross. So we'll get into a lot of mm -hmm. the, the details. Some, we know the cross, but there's also a lot in there yeah. that we're going to look at. Yeah, for sure. Well, we are looking forward to that. Um, be thinking about Jesus. Gosh, I mean, I just love that. Um, and uh, kind of, you know, where we left off is this sobering moment where his fate is sealed. Um, we know what's coming for Jesus, and I'm looking forward for us to be able to unpack that um, on Sunday, but then back here on The Overflow next week. So join us. Um, we'll have some different guests, and it'll be a great time. So thank you guys so hey, much. Hey, Sally, I would like to say bye. We will. <laughs> <laughs> bye, Deuces. guys. <laughs> bye. Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. If you'd like to know more about New River Church and the ministries or opportunities we have for you and your family, please visit newriver.church. If you have a question or a topic that you would like for one of our pastors to cover in a podcast, please visit newriver.church forward slash podcast and send us a message. May God cover you with his goodness and grace and may Jesus always be enough. Talk to you next Wednesday.